0: Ed, could you please say a few words about yourself?
1: So, My name is Ed Daly. I'm the Senior Vice President of Customer Success and Growth at Okta. And we are the world's leading provider of identity access management solutions all in the cloud. Prior to Okta, I spent 16 years at Cisco. Had a variety of roles there in sales and services and professional services, renewals, uh, which all led up to me being one of the early, I'll say, initiators of the customer success function across Cisco.
0: Could you please define customer success?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I think a lot of companies define it differently. So at a macro level, I think a whole company needs to think about customer success and have all functions in the business be aligned to that. At a very specific functional level, though, I think customer success means to a lot of people, I'll say, in the practice or in the trade, it's really about helping customers accelerate their time to value and ensuring that their relationship with the customer uh, and the vendor is is long and growing and expanding over time.
0: Customer success is not a glorified name for customer service, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's a big mistake Uh, I've seen a lot of companies make is, They'll say, I need a customer success function. And so what they'll do is either rename reactive support or they'll take some reactive support people and say, now you're a customer success manager and the reporting is the same. The roles are the same. The people are the same. The metrics and the tools are the same. And what happens is all you have is a support function, but it's on the road as opposed to in a call center or somewhere remote. And then what you find is you don't get nearly the value that you intend out of that function. And nor most importantly, though, is customers don't get the value that they should be getting from your software either, if
0: that's the way you're going to treat customer success. When do you think startups should build customer success function?
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be built into the initial fabric of the business. So I think you, when you start to build the business, you need to immediately start thinking about adding that, I'll say, role first, so depending on the size of your company, if you're five people, clearly you're not going to have two full-time customer success managers. But what you need to do is make sure someone understands that their function and their role is to help the customer post-sale be wildly successful with the software so that they end up buying more. And eventually they become advocates for your software and and therefore, an extension of your sales force. So it has to be at the earliest stages of a company thinking about uh, adding that role. And as you get big enough and you can afford it and you have enough customers, then you can think about dedicating someone that to that specific title and role.
0: What profile should that first dedicated customer success manager have?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think part of it depends on the software, uh, not only how complex it is and the functional, uh, you know, what what it does or the value it provides to an end customer, but also the, how the customer uses it and how it fits into the customer's business processes and technical processes. So, with all those caveats said, I've found one some of the best success managers that have worked for me tend to come from backgrounds that require more proactive customer engagement. And some technical customer engagement as well. So like sales engineers tend to be, can be very good customer success managers. Former customers of that software or competitive software often can be great customer success managers as well too. So those functional areas tend
0: to be good sources of talent. How would customer success functions in startups be different from more mature software companies? I
1: think as, as customer success functions evolve over time, they go in multiple stages. You know, the earliest stages of customer success are really focused on ensuring is the customer using and adopting the software itself, right? Are we reacting to problems that the customer has? Are we helping them get value out of it and use it initially? I think as the customer success function evolves, then the success manager starts to look at the overall success of the customer throughout their whole life cycle, and then at in, in later stages or more mature customer success functions, they'll really look after the overall relationship that a vendor or a supplier has or a SaaS vendor has with that end customer that may be inclusive of some financial elements as well too, whether it be renewals or whether it be upsells, etc. So the scope of the success manager keeps expanding as the maturity of the success function grows.
0: As the company grows, it would require more customer success managers. How would you train those new hires?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting role because it's a blend of technologists combined with some selling or persuasion and influence skills designed with some strategic and executive presence skills as well, too. So trying to train those into someone is not an easy thing to do. So that's why it's really important that I found is you need, one, a clear training strategy, and you need to put it in buckets or compartments to help train people based on where their specific background is, where their gaps may be, or the, where their developmental opportunities are. Who could be a perfect candidate for the job? Nick Meta, the CEO of Gainsight.
0: That's a good one. But what would you look for in a resume?
1: Yeah, I'd look at someone who who has had customer-facing roles, who has done some consulting in their past, who has worked for customers inside of a customer, who has been, I'll say, accountable for metrics and numbers. Very important as well, too. So those are the kind of elements I think
0: are important. to What do you mean by being accountable for metrics and numbers? Every customer
1: success team that I've led been a part of or helped build, we've always made sure that we had clear metrics of success. And that's not only metrics of success for our own organization and the success managers in that function, but also how we measured success for the customer themselves. So were we driving the outcomes that the customer originally intended to achieve when they bought our software? Uh, Were we able to impact the workflows and processes that a customer is actually buying our software to help improve? So it's really important in my mind to have clear metrics at the individual level and at the aggregate or group level, and then to hold people accountable and to measure our progress against those metrics over time. So much like sales organizations would have a forecasting process or a commit process every week or a couple of weeks, and month and every quarter, I think it's important for our success managers to do something almost identical to that. So how are we driving value for the customer? How are we driving adoption for our key products that the customer has purchased How are we driving growth uh, of that financial relationship between the customer and us? And are we making progress over time? So when you have those metrics and you have that forecasting process, you get pretty quick indicators of whether things are starting to go wrong. And then when things are starting to go right, conversely, you can still look at those and make adjustments or learn from them as needed. Some of the metrics
0: sound qualitative. How do you measure them?
1: I like to think that they're not qualitative at all uh, so when i'm when we look at adoption rates, I mean you can look at license utilization, you can look at feature utilizations, so and not only how many or which features are being exercised by the customer, but how frequently those are being exercised by the customer, those are very quantifiable data points. And in a SaaS world, those should be fairly easily quantifiable data points that we actually share with our customers in many cases as well, too, so that they understand what value they're getting and what value they could potentially get that they're not realizing already. So that's just on the adoption piece. You can measure growth of the relationship with your customer financially as well. Are they spending more money Uh, Are they signing longer term contracts with us? So that's another key element that that we can measure as well, too. The third measure that I did mention, it's harder to quantify objectively is what impact did we have on the customer? What kind of outcomes did they realize in terms of cost savings, in terms of process speed and improvement? Those are all very quantifiable, but they're all dependent on the customer sharing those with
0: us. How do you structure compensation of a customer success manager?
1: It's a really good question. I think it's important to make sure that your customer success managers maintain their trusted advisor status with the end customer. And how we do that, for example, is to pay our success managers, you know, first you establish what their total cash compensation is, then you can establish what the variable component is or what percentage of that total cash should be variable, and then what metrics you choose to use to measure and pay someone on that variable component. And what we'll measure are things like utilization of the software itself. Again, it's quantifiable. We can set targets on that, and we can measure performance against that over time and then pay people against that specific metric. Uh, I've also seen companies pay on uh, leads that are generated for the sales organization that reach, let's say, stage X in the sales process so that we know not only has it been received by the sales team, but they've qualified it and the opportunity is moving through the sales process, at least to a reasonably good degree. Therefore, we can measure and pay people on that as well, too.
0: So you're trying to balance the advisory role and sales, right?
1: Correct. And um, I'll give you an example. In one of my prior roles, uh, one of my favorite questions to get is when a customer would ask, well, how am I paid? Or how is one of my customer success managers paid? And we could tell them we're paid on your success. We're paid on whether you're using the software you bought. And uh, the conversation would completely shift from one being relatively guarded and defensive to one being very open and honest and transparent because our interest as a success manager team was the same as the customers.
0: Do customer success managers have a sales quota?
1: No, in general, not giving people sales quota in terms of the number of dollars that have been booked. So I think that's relatively infrequent. You'll find a success manager team that are given sales quotas. More
0: the exception rather than the rule. I'm assuming there is no standard of how many clients each customer success manager oversees. And it probably varies company by company.
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly, you imagine a company like Cisco, Hewlett-Packard, Oracle, with a million plus customers around the world, that's a much different operating model at scale than if you're a small business with five employees and maybe 20 customers. What I found um, in the market is that most larger companies will segment the customer base and therefore apply different coverage models to different segments of their customers. So for example, you might have a handful of customers who are Fortune 50 companies and therefore one success manager may be assigned to one or two of those customers. However, a further down market with smaller end customers, you may have a 1,000 end customers, and there, therefore you might hire 10 success managers to try to cover those 1,000 customers. Now, I would say what, once you keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of your customer base, The importance of figuring out how to engage those customers in a scalable, low-cost way becomes more and more important. You don't want to ignore them because there's a lot of value there, but at the same time, you can't afford to send a face-to-face success manager to all those customers. It's just not financially viable. So building out a digital capability where you can engage customers in, in a variety of digital, I'll say, formats or vehicles And really give them the same experience, but digitally, that a large customer is getting from a face-to-face person. That, I think, allows you to scale up and down the market quite easily. And one other example would be through partners. So when you have partners in your ecosystem and your value chain, it's really important to help partners deliver that same experience or allow you to deliver that same experience to the end customer.
0: As company grows, how does its customer success changes, the structure of the customer success team in terms of hierarchy?
1: I'll keep it simple for us today. You'll have a collection of customer success managers. and Let's say you have 10, and you'll have a manager of those customer success managers. And, and those teams could grow just by bolting on groups of 10 more success managers at a time. And then they'll roll up to what I see more and more often for SaaS companies and for pure software companies is the customer success function will roll up to the chief customer officer or roll up directly to the CEO. Now, for larger companies, sometimes if they're born in the support organization, they'll report into the support organization. If they're born in the sales organization, they'll report up to the chief revenue officer or the head of sales for the organization. But more often than not, I'll find in the SaaS companies uh, or smaller companies, they'll roll right up to the chief customer officer or the CEO.
0: Uh, what should the company look for when hiring chief customer officer?
1: There's some really good chief customer officers out there. Okta has one of the best in the world, Krista anderson Copperman. Uh, I think it's someone who is extremely focused on the customer, right? When you serve the customer and do what's in the customer's best interest, balance with your own companies equally, I, I think that's a, a fantastic recipe for success. And a chief customer officer who looks not only at the short-term needs of both the customer And the company, but also looks longer term as well, too. Are we really thinking two, three years out? Are we looking at the lifetime value of the customer? Uh, Are we looking at the long-term revenue that the company would get from those customers?
0: How does a person look on the paper?
1: Well, I think a chief customer officer role, they're responsible or have oversight for the entire customer experience. And the broader experience chief customer officer brings to the table, the more effective they can be. And that could include things like sales experience, marketing experience, customer success experience, support experience, services or professional services experience. So there's a lot of elements that go into that role that are really important to have. Again, the broader experience you have, I think the more
0: effective you'll be. How should the compensation be structured? Is it somewhat similar to customer success manager?
1: I think it's broader. So the chief customer officer is is looking across the entire business, and those metrics need to be broader than what you might measure an individual contributor customer success manager on. Well, you might be looking at things like overall customer health scores, which may also find their way into a customer success manager's compensation. You may look at long-term growth of the business uh, for a chief customer officer. Overall growth could be portfolio mix, which is an important element for some businesses as well too. So I think your metrics mix are much more strategic than you might find for a customer success manager.
0: How do customer success and sales team work together? It's
1: very important for those two organizations to work tightly together. They need to be in sync from before the sale is made through the entire rest of the life cycle of that customer. So i found some of our best customers are those where we engage cross-functionally during the sales process, meaning customer success managers are introduced to the customer to de-risk in the customer's eyes what they're about to purchase. So if I know who's going to help me be successful through my life cycle and I can meet them or talk to them, or get an idea of what that experience is going to be like in advance, that assures me as a customer my risk is lowered in making this purchase. So they need to be engaged early in the whole lifecycle, the customer pre-sale. And then throughout the entire lifecycle, all the way through when upsell opportunities are identified, and that handoff goes back to sales. So it's really an ongoing engagement with the sales team. It's very important that you have consistent and frequent communications and information sharing uh, back between sales and customer success
0: teams. What about customer success and product?
1: Similarly, this is why it's hard to find great customer success managers, but this is why a well-run and well-structured customer success team can really help drive value for the business itself. Meaning the customer success folks are seeing how customers get ready in terms of a design, how they deploy the product, how they use the product initially, how they use the product over time, under what scenarios, within what kind of use cases. And that is invaluable for the product management team. Really from two perspectives, I'll, I'll give you the obvious one is what customers are using and how are they using it. Well, that's pretty obvious. What I think is not as obvious to a lot of people is that the customer success managers actually can identify what features or products customers are not using and why. And that should inform the product organization or the engineering organization about where we should stop making investments and free up all those resources to double down on areas where customers are finding a lot of value or where there's still a lot of opportunities to provide more value with new features. So it's both the what are they using and what aren't they using.
0: No, I'm wondering, what are some online and software tools you and your team find particularly useful?
1: In past jobs that I've had, uh, Gainsight has always been a really useful tool. Salesforce.com has also been a very useful tool, and they both have complementary purposes, engaging with a customer in a productive way. So Gainsight has a lot of capabilities designed specifically for customer success managers. Uh, Salesforce was designed, as it's named, for more for salespeople. But there's benefits and capabilities that both can provide to a customer success manager. And those are two examples of many companies out there.
0: Ed, are there companies within the industry that are well-known for their customer success and are worth emulating?
1: Uh, Software companies define customer success differently. Depends on where it was born. Was it born out of a service need? Was it born out of a sales growth need? Uh, Was it thought of? when the company was initially formed, like Okta knew how important customer success was from day one of the business being built. So it's really part of the underlying fabric of Okta and how we engage with our customers and why customers have been so successful with Okta is because of that view that we want to make sure that the customers are going to be successful across their entire life cycle. And we're going to allocate dollars to help make sure that happens for our customers.
0: What are some of the biggest mistakes organizations make when it comes to customer success?
1: I think some of the biggest mistakes are trying to assume it's an extension of a traditional function, meaning if you're only looking for customer success to generate sales leads and sell more licenses or more product to a customer, that can be a mistake. You're missing a big opportunity. To build a longer term, a more meaningful relationship with that customer. Similarly, you could look at customer success managers as an extension of your reactive support organization. And if that's the case, again, you're defining success on whether customers stop complaining. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there that you leave on the table when you stop at that point or you define success at a bar that's fairly low.
0: Can you recommend any resources on customer success? for people who are either building a company or who are new to the field.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. A lot of places you can go. Uh I would suggest anyone who's just early in their careers or early into the customer success function do a, a few things. One There's a couple of books out there on customer success that give you a nice sort of foundation. The one customer success management, I think Nick Mehta wrote one of those. He's the CEO of Gainsight. There's a couple of industry associations. There's a customer success industry association. You can find that online. They have some good research and reading materials that are available. Other consulting firms have practices in customer success, whether you want to go high end like a McKinsey or Boston Consulting Group, Uh, or a company like the TSIA, the Technical Services Industry Association. So they have quite a bit of information as well, too. And then there's networking. And I think you can learn a tremendous amount that way uh, as well, too. And that's whether you just look for people on LinkedIn and connect with them there. You can go to trade shows or industry events, uh, like Pulse is a very large customer success industry event that occurs not only here in the United States, but there's similar structured events in Asia and uh, Europe as well, too.
0: What are some final thoughts on customer success that you would like to share with the listeners?
1: I think one of the most important things that I've learned doing this kind of role or leading this kind of team over the past decade is get started. If you wait for perfection, you'll waste a tremendous amount of time. But more importantly, you'll leave a tremendous amount of value on the table. So that's step one. Uh, No one's got it perfect. There's not one formula or algorithm that you can follow to build a customer success organization or customer success team. You're going to have to tailor it and do some customization for your specific business, your specific customer base, and your specific industry. And I think the third big thing is, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is is learn. I mean, be a student of the function, be a student of the capability. And if you are, you can have a huge impact on the company that you work for and the customers that you're supporting. Ed, thank you very much for a great interview.